from the Museum of Science in Boston. This is Pulsar, a podcast where experts answer questions from you, our audience. I'm your host, Eric O'Day. Thanks to Facebook Boston for supporting this episode of Pulsar. We got a great question from Vivi, who wanted to know what kinds of things scientists can do to help endangered animals. We asked a biologist working on conserving bird populations in Hawaii. My guest today is Dr. Hannah Mounts, the coordinator for the Maui Forest Bird Recovery Project. Dr. Mounts, thanks so much for talking with me today. Thanks for having me. We love sharing the story of Hawaiian forest birds and preventing extinction with everybody we can. So why don't you give us an overview and talk about the recovery project in general? So I coordinate a small recovery project on the island of Maui. Maui Forest Bird Recovery Project works closely with Fish and Wildlife Service, as well as the State Division of Forestry and Wildlife, which is tasked with protecting our threatened and endangered species. And our main goal is basically to prevent extinction. That is a huge umbrella, and that covers a lot of area that we have to deal with. But our project focuses on research based on birds endemic to the Hawaiian Islands, and then we take that research and design what management strategies we can actually implement in the field to prevent their decline. And can you tell us more about specifically Hawaii and the birds that you're trying to protect there? Hawaii, unfortunately, is often referred to as the extinction capital of the world. We are very far from the continental U.S., so a lot of times people don't learn about Hawaiian birds in school. They're oftentimes not represented in mainland bird guides, but we have a really devastating history of loss. Hawaii has lost about 70% of the native species that we had originally. And of course, as we've seen on islands across the world, extinctions are all linked to human activities and threats that humans bring to these islands. So we do still have some really spectacular species left. On Maui, we only have six native Hawaiian honeycreepers, which are the forest birds that I work on left today. But these birds originally had a giant radiation of species similar to what you learn about in high school about like the Galapagos with, you know, different beak forms that are adapted to feed on different things and exploit all the different resources in the forest. So we often say that if Darwin had come to Hawaii instead of the Galapagos, we would have been in all of the, you know, school textbooks instead. You mentioned human activity really driving this extinction. So can you talk in specifics about what it is that really causes us to lose so many species? You know, we had basically two different waves of human presence in the Hawaiian Islands. Hawaiian Islands were originally inhabited with Polynesian landings, and we had a big wave of extinctions when that happened. And the things that went early were the flightless birds, the ground nesting birds, things that were easily hunted and preyed upon. And then with European arrival, we brought diseases and non-native predators and non-native birds that can also host diseases that affect these birds. And so the birds that we have left today are still being affected by these threats, which all can kind of be thrown into the basket of non-native introductions. So we have non-native mammals. So Hawaiian Islands don't have any land mammals with the exception of one bat. So you throw cats and mongooses and rats and things on the ground with birds that are naive to all of these threats and they can pick them off very quickly. We also have a very unique situation with introduced disease, avian malaria, that is spread by mosquitoes. And the mosquitoes were introduced from a whaling ship 
They were dumped out in the harbor. We now have mosquitoes, these southern house mosquitoes, and we also have non-native birds that were brought over by people who wanted to see bird species that they were familiar with from where they came from. And these non-native birds can survive with avian malaria. The native birds cannot. And so they are quickly taking a toll on all the native birds we have left. So that is a lot of things working against these animals in your efforts. What challenges do you face in trying to reverse this extinction trend? Can you learn from past extinctions? We can. I'm not going to lie. It's a rough road to save Hawaiian species. A lot of times because we don't always have the tools to mitigate the threats that are still working on them. You know, when we've got a suite of mammalian predators on the ground, we don't necessarily have the tools to remove those predators efficiently and effectively without having a big impact on the environment itself. The biggest challenge for us right now is we do not have a tool to actually eradicate mosquitoes. And we're working on that, but we need to limit the mosquito population to be able to save these birds because climate change is not working in our favor. And right now these birds have been pushed to the high elevations on the mountains where the disease cannot transmit between them as easily. And with climate change, as things are getting warmer, we're basically running out of mountain. So there's no higher elevation forest for these birds to go to. So a lot of effort is being made to tackle this disease issue. We are also spending lots of time rebuilding forest. So a lot of forest that was destroyed, destroyed through um, ranching and human activities, we're trying to put back to rebuild high elevation forests in areas where it has disappeared so that we can provide more habitat for them where they're currently restricted to and then have more habitat once we can get the disease issues kind of more in check. So I'm sure a really important part of conserving a population is being able to monitor numbers and populations. But you mentioned that they're in inaccessible areas. If they're endangered, they've got to be pretty rare. So how do you go about monitoring those numbers? So these birds are not in a very easy to access area. So I started working for this project 15 years ago as an intern. And I still remember my interview from the project coordinator at the time, and she said, you're going to hike 10 hours across the mountain, and you're going to stay there for two weeks, and you're going to be walking up a 40% grade, and it's going to be like buckets of water being dumped on your head. And for some reason, I said, sure, sign me up. Um, (laughs) But we use helicopters to access most of our field sites. It's very remote camping. We stay out for, you know, a week or two at a time. It's working on the side of a volcano, so it's not easy going, and these birds are very cryptic. So the species that I focus on is the kiwi-kiu, also known as the Maui parrotbill, and there are maybe only 150 of them left in the world. They only occur in 30 square kilometers on high elevation Haleakala volcano on East Maui. So as you can imagine, if there's only 150 individuals, you have to spend a lot of hours in the forest to find those birds and be able to follow those birds around. We use standard monitoring counting techniques like we use in other places where you go out for three days and you walk down a transect and you stop about every 150 meters and count all the birds that you see. It's very hard to estimate population sizes on rare and endangered birds that way because you don't detect that many of them. So one year you might detect three, and then the next year you detect four, and then the next year you detect two, and you can't get any kind of trend out of that. So instead, we spend most of our time really studying 
in-depth species biology. So we find nests, we figure out, you know, how many of those nests are fledging. We color band adults and then figure out how many of those adults we re-see every year to look at adult survival and then see if we can really tease apart what's limiting the population based on their biology versus total numbers. So monitoring and tracking these species are important. What else are the biggest goals for the project moving forward? So our biggest mission right now is, you know, preventing basically the imminent extinction of the QEQ. With 150 birds, even if a giant hurricane hit the side of the volcano, we could lose them very quickly. So our project has been implementing lots of forest restoration on the leeward side, which is fabulous because we can use volunteers and we can get people to sponsor trees and really get the community more involved in the work that we're doing. As you might imagine, because we work so remotely, sometimes it's hard to get community involved and sometimes it's hard to get people excited about species that they don't see in their backyard. And then at the state level, we are really pushing to move mosquito control forward and be able to have some strategies to be able to implement here in the next three to five years to be able to control those mosquito populations and hopefully combat the disease issue while we still have some of these birds left. So how can our listeners learn more about your project and follow along with your progress? Yes. So Maui Forest Bird Recovery Project, we've got a website at MauiForestBirds.org, and you can see everything from really in-depth scientific papers where we publish our work to also just more fun facts about the species that we work on, and also maps of where people can see these birds if they're on Maui. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Maui Forest Birds, and we post lots of information about what's going on in the field on a weekly basis, photos from what the crew is doing, and then ways that the community can get involved, whether it be advocacy at a state or federal level, or help in the office from people that are on Maui. We get people helping us from the mainland with computer work and scanning photos and just all kinds of crazy things. And then we also always give a shout out to people who are able to support us financially to keep this work going as well. Well, Dr. Muntz, thank you so much for telling us about your project today. Thank you so much for having me. If you'd like to have one of your questions answered by a visiting expert or a Museum of Science educator, you can email them to sciencequestions at mos.org. If you enjoyed this episode of Pulsar, don't forget to subscribe on the Apple Podcasts app or on Spotify, as well as leaving a rating or review for us. That's it for this episode of Pulsar. Join us again soon.